down, side up. We're in a series, part four this morning, on the Beatitudes. If you've got a copy of the scriptures, turn over to Matthew. It's kind of in the middle of the Bible. Well, actually not in the middle. It's a little over to the right. First book, fifth chapter. Blessed, Jesus said. We discovered the first week that word comes from the Greek word makarios. It means happy. Blessed are you that do this and that. Happy are you. And last weekend we talked about blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be. Now, I preach my heart out. You got to do better than that. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's right, comforting. There you go. And this weekend, we're looking at the next one there, chapter 5, verse 5. Just look there. In different translations, it says it different ways, but it goes, Blessed are they that are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You're in, the, in, in another translation, it says not only meek, it says blessed are the, the humble, blessed are the gentle. And we're going to talk about that today, about meekness. Now, meekness is not a word that you probably use this week. No. Meekness is probably not a word that you've used this month or this year. It's not a very popular word or word that we really use. It's almost a little archaic. In the Greek versus our language, the Greek language is so precise and ours isn't. A better word would be blessed are the gentle. Now, we've used that word some. Blessed are the humble, but blessed are the meek, said Jesus. And he's sitting here in this greatest sermon ever preached, the first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. He's speaking to the multitudes on a hill. And this morning we find ourselves right there, camped out, one verse, Matthew 5, 5. And my prayer is that this is going to get in our hearts. This is probably the hardest one to talk about in the sense that it's misunderstood. It's misrepresented. We, we just aren't sure why we have a hard time with it. But there, they were looking for the political reign and rule of a Messiah that would come. And they were hoping that he would come and he would rule in great political authority and power. And Jesus like, he wanted to have nothing to do with that. But Jesus set those people down, or he sat down and he told them about the kingdom of God. And he began to share what we're looking at today. But meek, let's give it that word meek, meek. We've always heard, if you're meek, you must be weak. You don't understand the word meekness. And so let's go through a few folks maybe that maybe you'll understand. There was a guy, his name is Peter Parker, and he would transform, he would become you see, y'all know that better than you know your Bible. You would become Spider-Man. And he'd have this transforming power, and he seemed like this kind of mild-mannered guy. Of course, the, the one that I always loved, that he was really good, his name was Clark Kent, and he would become... God, y'all are really into superheroes, aren't you? And he did, man. He could leap tall buildings, and he could stop a speeding bullet, and on and on. I remember watching those as a little kid, and he was a big kid, and I loved Superman. But then one of my favorites, and it was so cheesy, but we still liked it. There was this guy, and he was a, a physicist. Remember him? And in his life, what would happen? His name was Bruce Banner. And when he got ticked off, he didn't only transform, he changed colors. He became green. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And you think, why do you tell us that? Just because I wanted to. Meekness. These guys were a little mild-mannered, they seemed like, and then they would become these action heroes. It's amazing how many billions of dollars 
uh, action hero movies produce or have captured the market over the years, and we still like a good action hero. But here he is. He's not a, an action hero. He's the king. But let me get into this meekness with a guy that I read for decades. His name's Chuck Swindoll. Chuck used to be prolific writer, still a preacher of the gospel. He started multiple churches, used to have one in California. But he said this, in our rough and rugged individualism, we think of gentleness as weakness, being soft and virtually spineless. Not so. Gentleness includes inevitable qualities as having strength under control, being calm and peaceful when surrounded by a heated atmosphere, emitting a soothing effect on those who may be angry or otherwise beside themselves, and possessing tact and gracious courtesy that causes others to retain their self-esteem and dignity. Instead of losing the gentle gain, instead of being ripped off and taken advantage of, they come out ahead every time gentleness now you probably won't use the word meek when you leave here today but i pray that you will get the word gentle deposited in your spirit and you are going to be like jesus is to be gentle and then i should inherit the earth now there's something worth striving for there's only two people that the scripture uses the word meekness and he talks about and it would be moses and it would be jesus and a couple of different places, just write them because I don't think I put them in your notes. I want you to write down Matthew eleven twenty nine, Matthew 21, 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, and Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Here's two guys, pretty good company, Moses and Jesus, okay? And so we look at that, and of course, when we think about our day, you know, we think about, uh, we used to sing this hymn years ago called gentle jesus and really when you read it, it, it you know any whatever it, it didn't really do it for you but when we think about gentle jesus then i think about jesus in the temple one day when he overturned the tables with the money changers did anybody think jesus was a wuss or a wimp when he chased them out of the temple I've often wanted to see that on video jesus flexing his muscles as he drove the changers out of the temple strong sinless perfect meek powerful controlled that's who jesus is so this morning he invites you and me to be meek to be gentle to be humble if we'll just pursue his heart you think about that great loader uh, leader moses when he was to look in the eyes of pharaoh and say these words let my People go. That was daunting to look in the eyes of this tremendous leader that could have just had him beheaded or whatever. And then later when he faces the Red Sea experience in the part, and you see him the 40 days that he goes up into the presence of God on the mountain, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments because God has spoken to him. He's given him the law. And on the way down, he sees the people, and there's a golden calf, and he's like just burning, and he breaks the tablets throws them down he has to go back up the mountain to get another copy of the tablets oh i'm going wow here this guy they say he's meek but jesus said meek was moses now when you think about the word meek or gentle you think gutless you think wimpy sometimes spineless not very much power you know that word milk toast emotional flakiness not really having it together 
And one person said, happy are the spineless, for they shall be the doormats of God. I don't think so. Blessed are they that are meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So we think about what is gentleness. Now, the best definition that I know is gentleness is strength under control. It's about a wild horse being tamed, a wild horse being broken, being bridled, that it might have use. And that's what it is to be gentle of spirit, is to be that wild-eyed, crazy, out-of-whatever person that we are, and for Christ to bridle us through the Holy Spirit, that we become under the control of Christ. And Christ begins to do a greater work in us. And there's this humility, there's this considerate of others. But in the Greek, this word is just so hard to really uh, get us to define it. Look there at the top of your outline. Meekness, praise, praise means gentleness, humble, considerate, power, under control. I just want that to get into you. I want to be gentle because Jesus is a gentle warrior. He's a gentle God. He's gentle to me. I started looking at every place in the scriptures where I could see the word gentle gentleness and it was amazing how many times and how many scriptures that i found it and i'll share so many of those today that you can write them down and go back with your bible by yourself just say lord speak to me about this characteristic what you want for me that you want me to be gentle but i think about jesus being the king and he goes under great punishment and scrutiny and beatings and being nailed to a cross and he's gentle of spirit I mean, the powerful God of heaven, but, but a gentle lamb that would just offer up his life freely that we could receive salvation. That's power under control. And when I look at Jesus, I go, there's nobody stronger than you. When I walk and when I pray, I just say, Jesus, you're my sovereign. But I go, Jesus, you're my strength. You're my source of joy and inspiration. You're my song. But I love that word strength. Jesus, you are strength. Can you say that with me? Jesus, you are, say it like you mean it. Jesus, you are awesome. He has strength. There's nothing weak about King Jesus. <laughs> That's right. He rules over all the affairs of men and nations. Man, how we need his rule in our hearts, in our country, in our land. I read this story about gentleness, and it said there was this person, and they had a seeing eye dog. And a lot of times they'll, uh, they'll get different breeds because they're temperamental, and they're good, and they're smart. But they say one of the best is a German shepherd. And when you think about a German shepherd, of course, police have had them for years to be attack dogs and to sniff out and to do different things. And they're, just, they're beautiful animals, and they're powerful. But then you think about a CNI dog, you need somebody that's very gentle with somebody that has a specific need. Maybe they're blind or whatever, and that's a service dog into them. And that's a powerful dog, but that dog has been tamed. That dog has been broken. That dog is so special, and it's under the control of its master. On the Today Show recently, have you seen it? They've got dog number two. What's his name? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes we know people on TV, and the better we know our Bible. Huh. But Charlie, or whatever. And, and that dog, just a little puppy, and 
you know, puppies are cute and puppies are fun and puppies chew everything and puppies sleep and puppies just make people happy. I mean, you see a puppy on TV and you stop and you go, oh, isn't that sweet? And then you bring them home and they pee all over the floor. Oh, excuse me. I mean, they mess up the floor and they eat the house and they eat your shoes. You're like, man, the dog needs to leave. But this dog's going to grow up and it's going to be bridled, tamed, gentle for a purpose to help somebody. And I think about us, man. Jesus wants us, wants us to be gentle with other people that we can serve them. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, listen to this. Jesus says, says these words. Learn from me. I am gentle. I am meek and humble in heart. I go, man, Jesus said that. He goes, I'm meek. And I am very gentle and I'm very humble in my heart. And it's that humble attitude that expresses itself in patience and endurance and in love and in mercy and it's lenient and it's long suffering i love that about god how about you have you thought about it lately about how long suffering god is you know the bible says that it's not his will that any should perish but all should come to repentance in jesus christ and a lot of times we go lord i hear this all the time lately especially as our country is just getting messed up people go Lord Jesus, rapture us. Come back tonight. Come, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And everybody goes, and we would be out of all this pain and turmoil and whatever, emotional frenzy. I go, you're right. But the Lord is patient. And the Lord is gentle. And he's long-suffering. That maybe our family members or our friends or our colleagues or future people we're going to meet would come to faith in Christ. So this wildness of an animal being tamed. And then Jesus says, blessed are God's gentlemen, gentle women. They have power. They choose to be careful. They, they choose to run to him, to find strength in him. They, the, the power in their life is harnessed. I, I like that word. The Holy Spirit this morning wants to harness you and me. Have you ever wondered, just think about this for a minute, how dark you can go, how mean you can be, and some people go, yeah, that person's kind of mean. You should have known them before Christ. They were horrible, and, and now Christ is doing something in them, but they're still harsh. And then sometimes when I meet people, they don't have Christ, and I go, man, they should act like that. That's their nature. But when we're the family of God, we should be set apart, sanctified for the purposes of Christ to be gentle, to be kind, to be listening, to be controlling, not to explode. You know, isn't that so easy just to explode in somebody's pregnancy and just verbal vomit, excuse me, all over them and just tell them what you really think? And Jesus says, I want you to be gentle. I want you to be humble. I, I want you to be meek. I read this story. I loved it. It said there's a little girl who wrote an essay for her class at school and said this. We're a Quaker family. The Quakers are very meek people. They never fight. They never yell. My mother is a Quaker. My father is not. <laughs> now, I don't want you to turn and go, who yells in your house and all those people stand up? No, 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 we, we don't want to do that. But Jesus says, I want you to be gentle. See, that gentleness, I don't think you can produce it. I think it's the work of the Holy Spirit according to Galatians 5, verse 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness and self-control the holy spirit works that in you and me and this morning i'm thinking lord i need to be gentle i i 
this one thing, if you play with the word meek, just write it on your thing, meek, but I want you to, I want you to separate it. M-E-E-K, me-eek, me-eek, me, and, and we know when we make everything about me, it's what? It's all about me. And then I want you to put out just that word eek, uh, that you're just out of the way. <laughs> you need help. You need God to come in control. This meekness, if you'll write it in the blank here, is others-centeredness. It's considered, considerate of other people's feelings and emotions and their well-being more than it is ourselves. It's a teaching from Philippians. Consider others better than yourselves. And I consider Jesus the most powerful, ultimate, all-knowing God is powerful, but he's so meek. He's so gentle. He's so under control in his earthly ministry and his life with us and his patience. The, the scriptures over and over, Philippians 4 or 5 says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And it also says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. If you look at uh, chapter 4, verse 5 in Philippians in the New American. Another one says, let your graciousness be known to everyone. Let everyone see that you are extremely considerate in all you do. And for some of you out here this morning, I know you are so gentle of spirit. You're so considerate. People just want to go and they just want to have sweet tea and sit with you. And you're awesome. And you're gentle and you bring their blood pressure down. And you're so calming. And some of us in this room are not gentle. So this morning, Jesus is trying to amp up the game. He's trying to say, but I want you to be gentle. Gentleness brings glory to my son. It's that real inner strength where my power is under control, where you overcome the things that have got you out of control. If I say the word CR, you know what I'm talking about? Celebrate recovery. There are celebrate recovery groups all over the country. Rick Warren started these years ago. It's the Christian version of 12 steps. And what I love about Celebrate Recovery is that these people that meet together, they work through their hurts, they work through their hangout or their hang-ups, they work through their addictions, whatever the problem, they're there to overcome. So they're there for the benefit for those that struggle. And the person that struggles most, they come in alongside them to help them overcome. So I, there's a lot of gentleness that takes place in Celebrate Recovery. And I think it's a great picture of the church. Fill in the blank with me. It's an internal attitude that is seen or expressed externally. When you are gentle, it first has to work in you that it might work out. See, when gentleness becomes a part of your life and mine, Christ is framing, he's working in our hearts, he's working in our spirit, man. The Holy Spirit is taming, he's putting a bridle on us that we might be under control, and then it might just be expressed in love and patience and gentleness to other people. And this morning, I'm just submitting myself and you to saying, Lord, make us a gentle people. It's such a witness for Christ when we're gentle. The world has no problem about understanding who's mean, spirited, who has problems. John Frame says, My perception is that gentleness and humility are among the virtues that are least practiced by Christians today. Humility. Nah, I don't want any of that. Gentleness. No. Nah. I want power. My power. And Jesus goes, No. 
my kingdom's about gentleness. I got to thinking, you don't have church splits. You don't have church divisions. You don't have family splits. You don't have family division when gentleness shows up. You're patient, long-suffering, and loving when you're gentle with others. And some of you in this room are learning and are practicing gentleness, and you're bringing honor to your father, and I know he's pleased. And some of you might say today, well, I'm a gentle person except for blank. Not very gentle with them. I let them have a piece of my mind. I got to think about it. You don't have any mind to give up. You need to hold it. You need to release it. You know, somebody said, when one is gentle toward others, we can disagree without being disagreeable. We can argue with our anger and aggressiveness. When one is gentle with others, relationships and friendships can be maintained, and they don't sour. As a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, people get in my space. And sometimes they don't exhort me and love me. They come after me. That's happened in the last 20 years. And what Jesus is saying is, Keith, pastors, body of Christ, I want you to be gentle with others. And i got to tell you, this flesh is strong. In my own, you and your own, you can't do it. But in the strength and the power of Jesus Christ, you can be gentle with those that come against you. Amen? Somebody's like, I don't want to hear this word. I don't want to be gentle. I want to be mean. You show me in the Bible where Jesus says, and my Christians, my disciples shall be mean to one another. Jesus said, you know you're my disciples by the way you love one another, the way you're being gentle with each other, the way you're communicating that. Christians should be gentle. Christian leaders should be gentle. And I'm like, Lord, wisdom is from you, that you want us to be gentle. Meekness is expressed here, fill it in, right here in the middle of the page. Meekness is expressed in discipline. Gentleness is expressed. Listen to 1 Corinthians 4.21. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline, or shall I come in love with a, a gentle spirit? Of course, the answer is, I want you to come gently to me. If there be a need for discipline in my life or your life or the life of somebody I love, let's come gently, not mean-spirited. Meekness is expressed. Fill it in. In restoration Galatians chapter 6 the Apostle Paul speaking he's got four verses there listen to what he says brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin you who live by the Spirit should restore that person circle it gently if you've turned there in your Bible Galatians 6 they're in the first part circle the word gently but watch yourselves you may also be tempted carry each other's burdens in this way you fulfill the law of Christ if anyone thinks they are something when they are not they deceive themselves each one should test their own actions they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else but be gentle so it's expressed in discipline it's expressed in restoration now I love this next one it's expressed in forgiveness. Now, anytime you about, talk about forgiveness, people go, I wish so-and-so was here today. They need to hear this. <laughs> and I'm going, sound like you need to hear it. You got kind of revved up when you said that. And, you know, and as a preacher, it's always amazing. People will meet me out the door and they're going, oh, man, I wish my husband had come today. They needed to hear that word, pastor. <laughs> 
And I get on speed dial and I'll call your husband there. I'll call your wife. Say, you know what they just said? No, I wouldn't do that. Of course, you're probably telling, you're telling yourself that you need to hear that word. But ne maybe next time they'll come with you. Listen to Colossians. I love Colossae, the book here. In chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, just listen to these words. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with kindness, humility, gentleness. There it is. Circle it again and patience bear with each other forgive one another if you have any grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgives you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity in other words he says this forgive forgive quickly but forgive with the right attitude you know i preached a lot of sermons on forgiveness i practiced a lot of forgiveness but if the truth is told sometimes I've withheld some forgiveness. Just recently, I was on a walk, and I was getting my exercise in, and I was praying, and the Lord just kind of, you know, he pinpointed me with a laser, the Holy Spirit did, and said, there might be a little unforgiveness here in the area, although he didn't say there might be a little. I was thinking there might be just a little bit, Lord. And he goes, why don't you get rid of it? Why don't you give it up? So I got back from my walk, and I reached out to this person that I realized there was unforgiveness. Let me, let me tell you one way you can realize sometimes when there's unforgiveness. When that name is brought up in your presence, your blood pressure goes up. Now, I don't want anybody to raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I've been places and I'm uncomfortable and I walk in and I want to avoid them. And the Holy Spirit always says, no, I want you to confront them. I want you to forgive them. I want you to have a clean heart. That's my way of the kingdom. I want you to be gentle with them. Somebody this morning is going, man, why did he have to say that, Jesus? <laughs> Look at the next one. Meekness is expressed in marriage. Now, you that are married or want to be married, this is a great thing. Listen to what Peter says. Rather, it should be that of an inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. That's who God wants us to be men but he also wants our wives to be gentle and when i read that verse sometimes people are like hey could i've had some brides tell me could you not read that passage from first peter three i don't know about that gentle stuff that beauty of a gentle i want to be adorned and i want to be a diva in jesus name i'm like whatever now they don't say it in those words but that's what they mean and i and i make little notes like got a diva here you know no you want to be gentle when you're gentle in marriage, it just works out a lot better. And all the men and women that are married said, and all the men and women said, well, maybe, maybe you're not forgiving so much. I don't know. Well, I know this. When you're brash, when you're arrogant, when you're prideful, when you're not gentle, there's not a lot of peace. There's not a lot of harmony. And God wants to do a new work. And look at the last one in this box. Meekness is expressed in witness. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But when you do this, do this with gentleness and respect. When you and I witness our faith in Jesus Christ, God wants you and me to be extremely gentle with a great amount of respect for the other person. Not pompous, puffed up out of control arrogant how i've got the truth you don't have the truth god wants us to be broken he wants us to be gentle with other people 
if, uh, if a Jehovah's Witness knocks on your door, it's not a time to attack them. It's a time to be gentle with them. If somebody from a different religion or different faith comes against you, Jesus says, I want you to be gentle. I want you to be kind. I want you to be a witness for me. But God blesses those who are gentle. The whole earth belongs to them. One quote I like from Max Locato says, I choose gentleness. Nothing is won by force. I choose to be gentle. If I raise my voice, may it be only in praise. If I clench my fist, may it only be in prayer. If I make a demand, may it only be of myself. But Lord, help me to be gentle. So Lord, we want to follow you. Now fill in these, the five benefits of being gentle, basically. Gentleness diffuses conflicts. I don't know about you, but uh, I've studied conflict management and all that and understand it. Don't know how to totally get around it sometimes, but gentleness just diffuses other people. It de-escalates their anger and they're punching you or whatever. In Proverbs 15:1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And I promise you, if you want to fight, you can bring a fight on. All you got to do is just yell back at them, stir up some words, or you say, Lord, help me be gentle. They learned in science in our brain that, our, that the, the neurons in it, that they mirror whatever comes against them. It's like this. If somebody yells at you and is angry at you, if you're not under the control of the Holy Spirit, what happens? You yell back at them. And if they're kind and loving with you, the neurons in the brain, it tends to mirror that same response. You have probably been able to tell I'm a highly emotional, passionate person. It's my strength and it's my curse. And sometimes I'm in situations with people and you can watch them and they, they stay right here on this plane. And you can raise your voice, and they keep it calm, and it just irritates me for about a second. And then I realize they're being bridled, they're being controlled by the Spirit to be gentle, and then you lower your voice. Some of you in this room are extremely calming. You walk into the presence of people, and you bring calmness and gentleness and peace and harmony, and ice cream. No, I mean, no, you know, you just bring all these things. And then some of us walk into the room, and it's a party, and you're ecstatic, and you're joyful, but sometimes you can get a little too high there. Think about parenting. It's a great parenting technique. If you're tempted to maybe raise your voice at your kids, ask the Holy Spirit this week. Holy Spirit, help me to be gentle when I respond to my son or daughter. It can make all the difference. But if we're not careful and we're not in check, we don't. Look at the next one. Gentleness disarms critics. People say bad stuff about you. <laughs> and today we have a whole new arena. People used to say bad stuff about you. You get on the phone or you go fight. Now we take off the social media and we blast them back. And you'll, you'll never see me trying to blast people and get into social media doing that. I, like, I got enough, I get in enough trouble on my own. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to get out there in the social world and blast somebody. It just doesn't honor the name of Christ and it gets passed on. And I'm just saying, man, that's just, that's just anger addiction. And I'm like, I don't want to thrive. I don't want you to thrive on the toxic emotion of just firing people up. 
Disarm them. Listen to 1 Corinthians 4.13. We respond gently when evil things are said about us. Are you being gentle when you respond to others? Because a lot of times people are going to make fun of you. They're going to pick on you. And, and then I was reading one verse in, uh, over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 and 25. And listen to this. The Lord's servant must never quarrel. Instead, he must be kind and gentle with everyone. He must be able to teach effectively and patient with difficult people. And those who oppose him must gently instruct, or he must, those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to know the truth. And I, I read that, I said, I'm going to read it again. And the Lord's servant must never quarrel. Huh? Instead, he must be kind and gentle and able to instruct the others. So for you and me, it's a word to pastors, but it's also a word to the body of Christ. We've got to be gentle with one another and not quarrel and not fight. Look at the third one. Gentleness communicates love. If you want to have a great marriage, if you want to have a great life, if you want to have great friendships, communicate the love of Christ. In Colossians 3, 19, husbands, love your wives, be gentle with them. Lord, help us to be gentle people. Help us to be gentle men and gentle women to one another. Lord, I want to be effective in my parenting. I don't want to irritate and provoke my children to wrath. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's, isn't it, this is sick, but isn't it fun sometimes to irritate people? If I'm being honest, I, I know I'm a preacher of the gospel and I want you to have the good news, but in my flesh, when I take a flesh break, and that's horrible, sometimes it almost seems fun to irritate somebody, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, some of you are like, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So next time, hey, I'm just irritating you. It's fun. No, no, no. It's sin. Don't irritate. Don't provoke one another. And certainly don't do it with your kids. Listen to Ephesians 6, 4 and Amplified. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training, the discipline, and the counsel of the Lord. Lord, help us to be a house that raises gentle kids. Fourth, gentleness does what? It earns respect. So, Lord, help us to, uh, uh, Proverbs eleven six says, a woman of gentle grace will be respected. Women, if you want to be respected, be gentle. Be g <laughs> I just heard a man say, amen. <laughs> I don't think his wife's here today. If he did, he just got slapped. You know, sometimes you have to think this stuff in your mind and not say it out loud. Just thought I'd help you all there, okay? <laughs> That's kind of funny, man. Like they didn't draw enough attention. I just blew it up for them in Jesus' name. But I want to instruct you gently, and I want to help you. Okay, we have a couch at our house. You can come over and sleep. Okay, so, uh, you know, when I think about gentle women, I still, I talk about her, but I'm, I was so enamored with her life. Her name was Mother Teresa. She was a little bitty physical statue. I mean, just uh, not statue, uh, statue of a woman. <laughs> yeah, that would have been weird. She did great stuff as a marble. Anyway, but this, I'm sorry, I'll get back to the text. This little woman, I never will forget one time she went in and she addressed presidents and senators and congressmen and world leaders at a national prayer breakfast. And, the, and, and I saw it on video. I, I wish I had it. It was back in the 80s. And Mother Teresa walked in the room. Now, she kind of walked like this, you know, real slow. And they said when she walked in the room, and I saw it from, with my own eyes, the whole room got quiet because 
It's like the Savior in her walked into the presence of these dignitaries and they realized who the real apparent leader in the room was. She was the one of moral integrity and leadership. And that's what I pray needs to happen in America again. We need to have men and women of integrity. Amen, church? And we need to be men and women of integrity in the church. Not where the people go, man, that church, they're a bunch of jokes. Somebody said that Abe Lincoln was one of the greatest presidents ever. Says after the Civil War that he treated the southern states with dignity and respect. And he was gentle. Martin Luther King, what a gentle man he was. How he loved every race, how he loved people. And then I think about a guy there in the Old Testament, Rehoboam. King David united the 12 tribes. He had a son, Solomon. He expanded the kingdom. The kingdom was powerful. It was political. It was wealthy. It had everything going for it. But he didn't have really the character of his dad. So then he began to assemble the elders, and he began to ask them, teach me. Let, let me learn something. How, what do I need to do? And he says, you need to do this. You need to serve this people. You need to serve them well. And you need to speak gently to the people. And if you serve people, and if you speak gently, they will follow you. But the story goes that Solomon didn't like the council, so he went to his peers and he asked them, what do I need to do? And they said this, Solomon, you are the king. You lay down the law, and you tell them that you're in charge. And history shows us that the whole nation split and all these tribes ran off because he refused to be gentle. The whole premise, you can go through history and we can look at our own lives. When we refuse to be gentle like Jesus instructs us, things explode. They mess up. So this morning I'm saying, Lord, how can we lead with influence? So let's look at this. Gentleness communicates love. Gentleness earns respect. And the fifth one, gentleness. I love this, my favorite. Gentleness makes me like Jesus. That's what I want to be said of you and me. They were gentle. When they came into the room, when they lived their life with us and before us, they were gentle of spirit. They were just kind. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 and 29. Listen to these words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, humble in heart, and then you will find rest for your souls. The two people that were the most meek, gentle that we read about were Moses that had an anger management problem, but he overcame. And the Lord Jesus Christ didn't have to overcome. He was perfect. He was sinless. He's a Savior. So the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. The fruit of the Spirit is an inside job. And I pray that today God's going to help you and me to express gentleness to other people. And as we walk through these Beatitudes, we're going to say, blessed are they that are persecuted. And you're like, boy, that's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to get there. But Jesus wants to clothe us in that gentleness. So I got a question I want you to write in your notes today. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Who can I practice gentleness with? This week, God, who can I practice gentleness with? And I think God will give you and me some answers and he'll show us some things and. uh, when somebody is demanding, be gentle. When a waitress serves you, be gentle. 
When a clerk is serving you, be gentle. But, you know, around the country, we don't have a very good reputation as uh, Americans. We're known as a rude, demanding, obnoxious people. And Jesus says the kingdom's about gentleness. So, Lord, help us to not cave in. Help us to be gentle with you and to treat others with great love and great respect. Gentleness, I'll say, is attractive. It just brings honor to Christ. It brings honor to your marriage. It brings honor to the church. Gentleness is the way of the Father. Gentle men are gentle men. Did you get that? Gentle men are gentle men. Okay, I thought it was a pretty cool play on words. All right, well, let's see if I share one with you next week. All right, here we go. Hey. Anyway, I think I've driven it. I, I could preach for another hour, and you're saying, please don't. Okay, because we want you to be gentle, Pastor. Okay. Well, this morning, let's just, let's just close in a word of prayer. We're going to sing a great song together as a word of hope called We Believe. Lord, help us to be a people of faith. Help us to be a, fa- a people that are gentle with one another, with those that oppose us and those that are for us. Help us to express your heart and your ways, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and fill every heart and produce the fruit of gentleness that we might inherit the earth, that we might inherit the dirt, the dust, that you might have dominion over all. That's what I pray today, Jesus. Would you have dominion in this place over our hearts in the name of Christ? Amen.